0: This is Shaco Art Speak. Welcome to another episode of Shaco Art Speak, your face off speak. Um, we're at it again with another of our, I think this is episode three yep. of our mini series on grant writing, mm-hmm. where Dr. Snacksmell is carefully walking us through, like a surgeon, many of the most <laughs> important aspects of, of getting a grant. And then I'm like, um, What's his name from Public Enemy? Flavor Flav. <laughs> I come in with the hype commentary. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah boy. Like I'm, if you I'm throwing bars in your hype and I, man. I'm not wearing a large clock, um, <laughs> but I am. I am uh, here uh, helping to facilitate this conversation. And so we want to jump back in. This is another one of our um, concise, brief episodes where uh, we we think it's critical to make sure that we're we're practical as much as lofty and you know and relevant and all of those things oh, yeah. we're trying to hit many targets so uh, we really care about this stuff and so what do you got for us today Dr. Blackwell?
1: Well the first uh, you know the first day that we did uh, kind of started to chart out some of the terrain because uh, my assumption is that the majority of people uh, are like ourselves that they either have written few grants and have maybe been turned down for most just of to them. be clear you didn't say Hugh Grant. No I'm, okay uh, I mean he's a National. My two favorite Grin, grants,
0: right? I said it last, or first episode, is Cary Grant and Hugh Grant. I mean, I mean, yeah,
1: it'd be hard to find better ones. Yeah, uh, I agree. So with that, like, it, you're either maybe haven't been as successful with it as you want, uh, or you're a student and maybe you're starting out, you've never done it uh, early in your career. Um, but whatever the case is, I know from my experience, at least, my experience has been that this was not a conversation that I ever really got to have. It was more of a... Uh, You'll learn it as you go. Good luck Um, and see how it happens. And then you just beg and plead for the tidbits of information you could get from folks. So we got eight more things about how you can build a proposal. We'll go through those. And so the first one goes back to what we talked about last episode with writing, but it is write a draft. All right. So as you get past just practicing your writing, like we talked about in the last episode, you want to get to a place where you're actually doing the writing. Mm -hmm. Write a draft as they have uh, suggested you do it, if you start with an outline and then bring some stuff into it and write a draft, make sure it's a draft. Do not enter this with the headspace thinking that the first thing you write is going to be your final. You have to start with a draft.
0: Yeah, I would just say, so where you you hear redundancy is because there needs to be there's more to double down on and, and we need the clarity. So there's there's a couple of places where we're, we're hitting at similar things, but we want to really double down on it because these are some of those uh, key benchmarks that need to be hit well. And so when you hear redundancy, under, understand that that's, that's by intention. Yeah. A lot of things need to be heard uh, double time with clarity, and there's actually so much to say, you've got to say it in, in, in multiple segments. So right, really singling out and understanding categorically what a draft is mm-hmm. changes your expectations and your psychology towards the drafting um, because you're not expecting it to be the thing you propose so it's, it functions differently in the equation.
1: Yeah, and every, I mean, every grant is going to be its own thing. Like it's going to ask for its own specific details. It's going to have its own direction and its own inclination towards what they want you to provide. But every grant is also going to be extremely similar because the narratives and the proposals they're asking for are going to want to have the same sorts of things. Uh, you'll want to make sure that what you're doing is speaking clearly and concisely. This is not, this is not art critique discussion, right? This is very much like, are you talking to somebody about your art in a way that they might understand? This is where we get into some of the things that people talk about in writing where it's like your audience should always be somebody of an eighth grade education. That's the way you should talk. If you can't explain your project to an eighth grader, then your grant proposal is probably not clear.
0: And if you think that that's not true, I was in a show in a museum and my artist statement was rejected because it was written at a rating of 22, which was like, um, you know where I'm at. I'm at post college. I've you know, uh, so it was putting me in the uh at, you know extra college degree category. Mm-hmm. And they were like, our average reader is about seventh grade. Yeah. And so they literally were like, you and I was like, "My statement is simple." And they're like, "It's not." And I, it was it was a shocking to me. I I yeah. really was and- troubled by this, but it's 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 true.
1: And it's very, very important, right? That clearness, that concision, uh, that just the, the clarity that you write with is going to be hugely influential as to whether or not that committee wants to continue reading past those first couple paragraphs. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's not clear at the beginning, they're just going to say, I have no clue. Let's move on to the next one. We've yep. got a whole bunch of people that we need to talk about. Um, with this draft, you also want to avoid obvious things. They know that you're an artist. They know that you need this money. All right. You don't need to repeat those things, right? Mm-hmm. That's why you're applying. Okay. Um, and you want to work as much as possible toward not alienating the reader. So that, that means you don't want to speak just in things like, you know, just throwing out jargon and saying things that are highly specific to your field or your trade. You want to very much talk about the project, what you hope to do with it, um, what you wanna why it's urgent, why it's important, how you wanna make it happen, the sort of resources you need. You need to just very much make a written case. Yeah, why this grant makes sense coming to you.
0: Invite them into your vision. Definitely. Don't insulate them away from the vision by self-supportive jargon that actually flows from a kind of in- insecurity. Um, when I talk to certain people, I don't have to tell them everything about what I know about art because it's not relevant to them at that point, especially when they're not interested in art or they know right. they don't know as much about what I do. So I try to find entry points that are about uh, creating pathways and opportunity.
1: Yeah, and and how that really starts, the next point is to really start with a clear pitch. Um, If you've gone through comp classes in the past, you've probably heard about having like, you know, your thesis statement or your, you know, introductory bit or whatever. It's hugely important with this because think if you're a person reading through 2,000 of these and you're having to look at five images and 700 words from every person, you want to know that in that first paragraph you can hook them. You don't Mm -hmm. have a whole lot of time. So with your pitch, what you want to do is you want to make sure that you've got two or three sentences, maximum three sentences, where you're, the entirety of your project is planned out. Using this grant, I will be doing this project in this way and will be exhibiting it at this place at this time. Mm-hmm. Boom. You've told me everything I need to know, and then you just flesh it then you below. flush it out Then you flesh
0: it out as your thesis. I always start every grant I write with the word BAM, <laughs> and then I say space, 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 colon, 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 colon LOL. LOL. <laughs> Do I have your attention now?
1: <laughs> Which is funny because the next, uh, the next thing that we want to talk that. about is to use appropriate style. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's a perfect segue into that because uh, what we want to do, you know, is we do want to uh, have this be approachable language. We do want it to be something that works well, but you also want to make sure that, like, you're talking to folks who are going to write you a check. You're talking to people who. Uh, like we mentioned in the last episode, uh, may maybe representing a family that has put forth a large amount of money to create an endowment to enable the work of artists. So we have to use that appropriate style, which is again that, you know, clarity, concision, uh, consistency, those sort of things. Uh, but you also always speak in the future tense. This is a project you are going to do in the future. You will do this, right? Mm-hmm. It's not we don't need to talk about the past or the present. Keep all of that tensing the same. Use concrete terms about things. Um, and one thing that is really uh, problematic, I think, when we talk about appropriate style is uh, when people use a whole lot of qualifiers. Mm-hmm. So they'll say things like, if I get this grant, I will. Yeah, passive like, voice. No, 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 don't do that. Like yeah, just don't straight be, up, I will.
0: That's right. Don't be passive. Passive voice is really problematic and apologetic and qualifying. And, and, uh, and I might be jumping around, but also you want to tell people why it matters why this project will matter. Yes. I will do this because it will do this. Mm-hmm. That's big. Most people can't do that, by the way. They can't tell you why it matters, per se. Mm-hmm. They can only give you jargon that reinforces um, sort of steady
1: uh, status quo ideas. And there's no, there's no shame in, in speaking strongly about your work. Right. right. If you believe your work is good mm-hmm. enough to get this grant that you're applying for, then you should believe it's good enough to say things of a strong nature like, I am doing this project because it does this thing. It enables this thing in the community. It helps people see themselves in a new way. It helps uh, enliven a space. It creates public discourse. Like, say that. Yes, you haven't done that project yet, so you don't necessarily know that that will be the case, but it is the intention behind the work you're doing. So use appropriate style to talk about your work with a strength and an integrity about what you know it can yeah. do yep. as an actuality. Definite articles. Yes, always. Definite um, articles. You know, And when we talked about last episode that as you get into this, practice your writing before you really start doing the proposal. Um, we talked about having some friends you maybe bounce some ideas off of. Mm-hmm. So always, always, always use an editor, if not five. Yeah. Have multiple people outside of your field read this stuff and tell you if they have any clue what you're talking and this is
0: another argument for know and be known you have to know some people and they have to know you just putting that out there yeah and they don't have to be artists and designers have friends that don't know you as strictly an artist or designer it's Mm -hmm. wonderful
1: yeah, and you know, and and with that, it's not just about do you understand it, but also does this follow uh, the accepted structures and norms of the English language or whatever language you're submitting in. You mm-hmm. know, is the grammar correct? Is the spelling correct? Yeah, one of I'm the terrible worst at grammar. you could ever do is submit uh, uh, a grant that has one of the most important words in your proposal misspelled over and over again. I mean, spell check is simple; it's quick, right? But also, just have this as something that is there, that is, uh, you know, just a, a constant part of it. Have other people checking your work. Editors are fantastic things because they make writing better. They don't have to necessarily change what you are doing or how well you are doing it, but they do influence and uh, help your writing be something that it couldn't couldn't be otherwise. Totes. And then come in with specific questions for those editors. Ask them things about, you know, did you find this interesting? Did you understand it? Specificity
0: begat specificity. If you just go, what did you think? I mean... You know, we know each other well. You can get by with that, but specificity actually brings about specificity. So, when I always tell students when they're asking me for a critique, "What do you think?" It's like, "Well, what do you want me to think?" I mean, do you want—do yeah. you really want me to tell you? Because if you don't ask me a specific question, you're at the whims <laughs> of my harsh criticism. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, definitely. If I've seen 50 million skull drawings, and you say, "What do I think?" What am I? What am I supposed to say? What are you trying to do? Yeah. So, what? Ask specific questions. Be specific.
1: Yes, and you know, and also let them see what the actual proposal is asking for so that they can answer whether or not you've answered the question, if you've actually supported the prompt. Um, And then after that, like some of the things you have after that, uh, once you get your draft written and everything's good and you've got a final for your proposal, now all you're doing is filling out the other things that they ask you to. Most uh, applications for grants are going to come with some sort of just form. It's going to be things like your name and your education and things like that. Make sure you fill all the things out. Be straightforward. Make mm-hmm. sure you're not putting errors, right? Like it's real simple to in, in haste or in hurry to get, you know, maybe the, the, the year of your graduation wrong or uh, to put in uh, the, the name of a gallery in, for the wrong show or whatever it may be. But watch out for those errors. Make sure that you can be straightforward. Mm-hmm. And sometimes on the application forms themselves, there will be auxiliary questions these are the spaces where you can fill in any gaps that maybe the word count or word limit for your proposal didn't allow you to talk about things. So if they ask about, you know, specific things in the auxiliary questions on the application, well, just don't don't take up time in your proposal talking about those. Just answer them there in those auxiliary questions. But also make sure that everything you include, whether in your writing, your proposal, or in the things you fill out on the application form, make sure it's actually vital to the conversation. Just because you have a project that was really successful or you thought was cool, it doesn't mean that it needs to be included in this because it doesn't pertain to the work you hope to do. So keep everything on task. Uh, The next thing is you're going to have to have some sort of CV or a bio with most of these. And sometimes they ask for either. They say, you know, upload a CV or bio regardless of, you know, what you prefer. Now it's good to know some of the pros and cons with those if you were just starting out, if you were new into your career as an artist, if you were a student, you probably do not want to submit a CV because your CV is going to look pretty thin. Uh, you know, you don't want a CV that just kind of has like two things on it. right? Mm-hmm. And you've probably felt this if you've, you know, you had to write that resume. Yeah, it's like, like getting like, a credit card with that.
0: It. And they're like, you can't get a credit card until you start a line of credit. And you're like, <laughs>
1: but I'm trying to.
0: But this is what I'm trying to do. Exactly. Give me a chance.
1: So that CV is not going to look super impressive if you don't have a whole lot to put on it. But you can make a really good bio statement of 100 to 200 words that can talk about your accomplishments and things like that, that are go- is going to help you out. Mm-hmm. On the flip side of that, if you are later in your career, if you've got some experience, you've been doing this for a while, upload that CV because those 12, 15, 20, 30, 50 pages sometimes I've seen of stuff is going to be pretty impressive. Right, people are gonna see that and say, Oh, they're actually doing stuff, and this proves that they can do stuff in the future.
0: But don't lie on those things, yeah. Don't lie on those People things. lie on that stuff, man. It's bad, it's bad news. It is That's all like, I'll say. Don't it's overstate not, don't the
1: things that you did, right? Yeah. Like if you were really good friends with the artist who showed in an exhibit and you helped him, you know, reposition a painting because he needed to step back and look at it, so you held it for him. Like you're not a gallerist, right? So Keep the things within the boundaries, um, but make sure that uh, you're actually showing all the stuff that's pertinent. Um, and the last two that we have are pretty simple. Most grants are going to have some sort of uh, PDF download that you can print out that's going to be a checklist to make sure that you've done all the stuff. Or they'll have a spot when you go to submit that says, make sure you've done these eight things. Use that. Like, actually, like, physically use it. Like, make checkboxes. And just check them off.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a song about it. He's making a list, checking it twice. That's right. Seasonal Christmas song, sugar and spice. <laughs> Granta Claus is coming to town. Granta Claus.
1: Yeah, so he's watching. Gareth
0: did. Gareth, yeah, he sees you when you're writing. Gareth didn't know I was going to do that. I like to throw Gareth
1: curveballs. <laughs> no, not <laughs> at all. No I Didn't have any clue <laughs> that yeah. uh, Granta Claus was coming to town. Granta Claus. But use those checklists, right? I mean, use those checklists because they're hugely important. They help you make sure you haven't forgotten things. Mm-hmm. Because the last thing you want to do is have a 98% complete, fantastic, amazing grant proposal where you left out some of your stuff.
0: Yeah, then you get then granted class gives you coal. That's right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so make that checklist. And then the last thing is once you've submitted this, follow up. Oh, yeah. Like, don't just sit there and be like, well, I've submitted. I'm going to twiddle my thumbs and see what's going on. Along with the dates and deadlines for grants to be submitted, most places will also tell you about what their funding cycle looks like. Mm -hmm. Grants submitted on March 15th will be reviewed in our biannual meeting on June 1st. People will be notified by June 15th. If it's June 17th and you haven't heard anything... Hold them accountable. Yeah, say, hey, what's up? I was just wondering... Some places don't notify you of a negative response. And some places do. Yep. But it's not a problem. Ha- Nobody's going to get ticked off at you because you're trying to figure out what's going yeah. on. So ask that question. If you're calling
0: 24-7, that can get annoying. Yeah. But follow- follow-ups follow are reasonable.
1: Yeah. And the thing is, is like at any of those times, so you submit your work, you're following up with them, like practice kindness. I mean, say thanks for the opportunity. You know, uh, I've, I've heard horror stories of people that have not received grants and they don't have any context for why they didn't receive the grant. But instead of seeking that out, practicing kindness in any respect, they'll just call up the organization and start reaming out the first person that answers right. the Right,
0: you're not entitled to it. So you're never – I always say don't – this sounds counterintuitive. Do not appeal to these kinds of things on the basis of what you think you're owed. Right. Appeal to the authority of the one so that you're, you're saying. I recognize – Taking up a little bit of your time. Um, I really appreciate whatever whatever you could share with me. Mm-hmm. Um, if you would, would it be okay? Could, could I I just wanna I know you're probably got a lot of people calling you right now. Is there any way you could tell me like where where things are at in the grant process? And again, I appreciate whatever you can or cannot do. No, no big deal, you know.
1: And I've never I've never dealt with anybody for a grant that I've applied. Like and this, you know, knock on wood. Hopefully this doesn't change. But I've never dealt with anybody who is a jerk to me. Like I've never called up an office or sent an email and gotten a really nasty response. I've never gotten something where I feel like I offended somebody by asking the questions. I've never gotten any of that. And so, it, you know, if you can have that kindness and just kind of step in and have a conscientiousness about yourself as well, where you say, you know, I, I you know, I'm, I'm doing answer because I, I, you know, applied for this thing, but I'm not entitled to win it. Um, because here, here's the one thing about uh, that kindness. Um, and I'm sure we'll get back to this in the next next episode as well, but you don't want to burn those bridges, right? Oh, yeah. You didn't get it this year, but maybe next year you do, and maybe people don't have short memories. So if there's something you did that was really inflammatory uh, in the way that you dealt with, the organization in any way, like you don't want to have that as a mark against you going into the next round of possible uh, grant funding.
0: Well, yeah. And I would, I would say the other thing I know from like, you only live long enough one time to live long enough. <laughs> <It's true>. So <laughs> safe statement, but uh, people move around. So not only uh, might you rub someone the wrong way, with one organization, you may down the road be applying to another organization that they are now working for. Yeah. The world is much smaller than we're tempted to think. And I don't care if you get isolated on a phone call or an email, this kind of uh, attitude is not uh, seeking for the good of the other. And it can land in in there, you know, just a frustrating state for them, but also your, your demise creatively because uh, people network, they know each other. Um, it's it's just I've lived it enough. It's really amazing and startling to realize like you could be talking to someone who's tied to like ten different people you're gonna know in the future, yeah. or that you currently know and don't realize. Or it's it's just um, more likely than not to be honest with you. You
1: know. Oh, definitely. And I think it's you can't can't state too much the importance of what you said about the world being small, like you're applying for arts grants and yeah, you may be able to search pages and pages and pages of them, but um, it's not as many as you may think. And the people involved are not as many as you may think. Yeah. Um, and they do talk, they have their you know conferences and they've got their, their groups they're a part of and things like that. And they, I'm sure they're swapping their war stories at the water cooler, like everybody sure. else does. Um, and
0: most everybody is a person, <laughs> yes, <laughs> most everybody, and uh, what I mean by that is uh, bad days. You catch someone on the phone, and you just you just don't know who you're catching and what's going on. Right. And so, erring on the side of charity and grace and, and gratitude is always a better go than entitlement and disgruntled and you know you owe me. Um,
1: yeah, and that's super hard. Even when someone's days. being rude. Yeah, and, and it's it's super hard if you're both like colliding on a day where both of you are being persons, right? <laughs> where it's like we both got that day to day. Yeah. And so we both are at wits' end with it. Um, so, with this, like what we've done in the last two episodes is really come up with these 16 different ways that you can really look at. Uh, what are some guidelines for building that proposal and some things to keep you like on your toes? So yep. it is develop an idea. Start early with everything. Check your eligibility for the grants that you're applying for. Make sure your images that you submit are professional and that they're appropriate. Prepare your files properly. Practice your writing. Uh, write that budget and get comfortable with it. Um, make sure you draft out your work and don't just start with your final copy. Um, have a clear pitch. Use appropriate style. Have an editor. Fill out the forms properly. Prepare the CV and bio, make a checklist, submit your stuff and follow up. It's 16 steps that really yeah. like, I never got told these 16 steps, um, coming through even grad school, um, where we were expected to apply for grants as a part of some of the classes I took. Um, but I was never told how to do this. So it was a trial and error. Yeah. Um, so hopefully and you're talking things, about, you know, and you're talking about, um, knowing that Granite clause is watching. That's right. Which you have to always keep in the back of your mind. Um, but these are things that I think can be hugely helpful. Um, so in the next episode, what we're going to be talking about is: okay, you've won the grant. Uh, now what? What do you do with it? How do you make sure it's successful? And how do you make sure it works for you? So if you have any questions, if you have anything else that you think you would add to this list, if you'd make it go beyond sixteen, hit us up and let us know. We're always happy to hear that.
0: Yeah, we'd love to hear your victory in uh, maybe not your victory stories, like any no yeah. oh. Shared uh, wisdom nuggets you would be able to provide for to us through email or or um, yeah through email yeah uh, do that
1: we can learn from the uh, victories and the cringeworthy things. Right. They both teach us in very, very valid ways. Uh, so let us know. Hit us up through email. You can hit us up at info.shockawartspace.com. Uh, As always, you can hit us up on uh, Instagram at shockawartspace. Hit us up with a DM. Uh, let us know what's going on. Um, and hopefully this will help you craft some proposals for some grants. And if you are fantastic at writing grants, fantastic. Yeah. Hit us up. Let us know. We'd love come on to our podcast. Your brain, a, brain a little bit more about this and just get some more uh, brass tacks information for folks yeah. so we can get more people making great art in all of the places uh, and doing it in a fantastic way.
0: Yeah. These are the idea, these are conversation starters. And, and so if you want to build with us, come in and have a conversation
1: with us. That's the hope. Yeah, definitely. So as always, your fantastic audience, we love you and we will catch you next time. See you. You've been listening to Shaco Art Speak, a production of Shaco Art Space. We are an independent, nonprofit art gallery in Richmond, Virginia. We can be found online at shacoartspace.com and in real life in historic Shaco Bottom.